So You Wanna, a show for writers by writers. Al and I created this brand to give authors a place to chat, hang out, and generally just be. The world needs more books. It needs your books. And we want to make that happen. I'm Meg, a dark romance writer. Which makes me, Al, a contemporary romance writer. Today, we are going to talk about contemporary fiction. I'm excited because (laughs) I'm a contemporary writer. And just, you know, put it in the world of romance. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because like <laughs> we're kind of switching the roles here. Cause when we did fantasy, I was like, <laughs> soaked. And you were like, um, I think I know what I'm doing. You know, I've read Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Lord of the Rings. Let's not forget. And I ooh, ooh, and, and Game of Thrones. What? Game of Thrones. No, I read the first book of a game of Game of Thrones, the first book, and that's uh-huh. it. Yeah. What was the other one you said? A Court of Thorn and Roses. Oh, I've A Court of Thorn and Roses. Yeah, that's that's definitely fantasy. And I've we're that. super deep into that. We are. Yeah. Someone actually on a TikTok, the was it yesterday? I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, there was a comment on one of my TikToks because I have in my background on my TikToks, I try and keep a bookshelf there. So, I mean, follow me over there. Elmeredith.writes uh, as a plug. <laughs> um, anyway, so I obviously keep my bookshelves in the background and you can tell A Court of Thorn and Roses, like the books are so bright. <laughs> and yeah. Listen, like- I, I have the hardcovers and the special dust jackets and I have the paperbacks. <laughs> um, but they're so noticeable. Like you can just yeah. you look in someone's background and you can see them and you just know, yeah, that's you know, a quarter throw in a rose. Someone commented that the other day on me. They were yeah, like, oh, know, look at you with probably, your quarter though, You have to, well, okay, let's go back to your introduction here. And I'm Elle, a contemporary romance writer, you know. But, <laughs> but on the other shelf right behind me is all of my contemporary romances they take up a whole I know but it stands out it stands out because your library is contemporary and historical but mostly contemporary outlander is fantasy you know I think the thing is 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 that you it's very light it's very light fantasy though you enjoy fantasy when it's not the primary focus of the world yeah, you know, I've kind of been thinking about it and I do feel like I just need a little bit more romance in it to really yeah. feel it, you know? Yeah. But um, you were into like Ostlers and Ostlers is pseudo fantasy. But it's very like low fantasy though. Yes. You know, I can, <laughs> yeah. I can really feel the world and it feels That like... is not what low fantasy means, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But also in the, just in the realm of Outlander to go back there, like it's mostly historical. There's just like the one fantastic yeah, piece of time, time travel. travel is in it, you know? Yeah. It's like, and did you ever happen. see what was Kate and Leopold? No. Oh my God. Okay. never mind. Well, <laughs> I think you would very much enjoy it. And the podcast ends here. Yeah. So you want to, we have broken up coming. Yeah. We had a good run. We made it like six episodes into season two. <laughs> And we're already out. What episode is this? Is this six? Yeah, this is six. When wow. this comes out, we will be balls deep in NaNoWriMo. So I would like to go on record to say that this time, the explicit 
content came from L first. <laughs> For once. Yes. Two seasons. L has dropped the quote, balls deep. <laughs> You're welcome. Such a fucking Aries. Okay. Okay. Well, listen, let's get to the show. People don't don't listen to our show to listen to us talk about whether or not deers have antlers or horns. Or if we're balls deep into nano right now. We probably yeah. are. It's what, November 18th when this drops? So we probably are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when this airs, yeah, we will be. But anyway, um, but like we kind of talked about it a little bit in the beginning there. You know, I've kind of learned that when it comes to fantasy and sci-fi and these genres that maybe I'm not so into, I kind of realized it's just I need that little pump, like little bit of yeah, romance, like romance, you know? I really feel because I, I, I love love. I'm a Pisces. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I am a romance reader and I mind that there are a lot of books that I will try just because I like the premise of what you know what the romance is on it you know and mm-hmm. and whatever so I mean for instance we keep mentioning it and we're gonna get added at you know because like there's like people who like a corner thorn and roses and people who don't you know mm-hmm. but no like, in between. I never thought that I would read a book about say and I will tell you why it's not because, oh, fairies, ooh, you know, it's because my mother is um, Southern and also Irish. And so there is a lot of lore and fairies scare me um, like the the Irish lore part of it. And so it was yeah. kind of interesting. I started reading this because of the TikToks, you know. And I was like, okay, listen, I would probably be into Reese, you know, and I started reading it and surely I was. Yeah. Um, I saw that coming because you asked me if I'd read it, and I had read that the first say one. About I was like, yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, you'll um, like it. But so, like, oh man, when he just sorry, I'm sorry, like I know where you're going with anyway, it. Anyway, um, so, so it's funny because when I was reading it, I read it because oh, okay, it's this romance is retelling beauty and the beast but then it changes and like all this time I was like okay yeah I'll read it the t- fandom is pretty strong I really liked it from the get-go because it was so descriptive and mm-hmm. I was just like blown away by that and I really really felt close to the main character and I it's been a long time since I felt that way you know yeah. it's like it felt the same as when I was reading Emma for the first time you know oh gosh yeah that was an experience yeah and so it's like and and it's so different and the characters are so different but I was like so attached to this main character you know um but it was that romance that did it and so it was like really surreal for me because I was reading it and I was like "Uh uh-oh because like I know the lore and my Mm -hmm. brain is like danger danger Will Robinson Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) but at the same time I was like I there were twists that happened that shook like shook me you know that that I should have seen coming but the story and the romance was so well done that it distracted you the point is yeah you know I think if you just have like that heavy romance you would be more yeah well let's go about contemporary also also the other thing about a court of thorn roses because you're saying it that was actually one of the things I really liked about it is that she did stick so close to real fey lore and like all the characters and yeah and all the different you know monsters that kind of come within that realm of of um of lore they were very like 
they were what I knew. I didn't have to ask questions because if you know Faye lore, you yeah. know all, everything surrounding it, right? Like and it's kind of neat to see how she changed. Yeah. Things like the lying. Yeah. Like in the iron. Like that yeah. was, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Anyway, this is. This but is I, I just want to say like, obviously, I mean, I, no one can see your bookshelf because we're on a podcast, yeah. but like yeah. <laughs> I stayed at your at your house and I lived mm-hmm. in your office for a week mm-hmm. um so I I looked at your bookshelf and yeah. it is mostly fantasy over contemporary I noticed is it let me look it, it's a little it does feel a little bit more but I was kind of thinking like what is your take like because you I'm I'm a contemporary writer sometimes I wonder how we became yeah. friends yeah. because we both write the exact opposite of what it seems the <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. And yet we both love each other's work. I don't know what happened there. So like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I was just kind of like thinking like, are you more of a fantasy than contemporary? I don't know. Cause like, okay, I have, you do have some for sure. The top shelf is all historical. Yeah. And then I've got some fantasy on the shelf that my bird skull is on now. Um, but then I have like the brothers Grimm and Frankenstein and Dune and Dracula and Dante's. And well, Bruno. Dune is definitely fantastical. Yeah, werewolf. That's pretty fantasy. Okay. Uh, the next shelf is the violent, uh, violent delight series. Isn't that fantasy? Uh, back to historical with uh Jane Austen set there. Jane Austen is actually considered contemporary. Oh yeah, she is. Well, she she's period now, but she was contemporary. You're right. Yeah, she would have been considered contemporary of her time. Count if I bought it in like. (laughs) my 20s yeah I know way okay and then so then I have a bunch of rom-coms I've I'm you do contemporary rom-com you have been purchasing a lot even when I was there we were in the rom-com section for probably longer than we should have been I love rom-coms I'm not gonna lie to you Uh, okay then I have the ice planet series okay yeah that's oh yeah see that is I moved all my books like that to a shelf that Mm -hmm. is not visible when I record you don't want anyone to know your shame I don't care (laughs) I don't want people to know about that section of writing how many books that whole shelf is actually fantasy romance Mm -hmm. and then underneath that is more fantasy romance and then above it is all my contemporary romance and then the James Bond series is contemporary yeah I have all that and then I have a bunch of classics like the color purple and fight Mm -hmm. club and mm-hmm. Dexter, the Dexter series is contemporary. Okay, so maybe maybe I was off on my fantasy. You're more of a contemporary reader than oh, I thought. Oh, but then I have like the Sookie Stackhouse series over here. And that probably oh, God, I love that. Tilts it back. Oh, I really want I I love your copies of Sookie Stackhouse. I really want to get them. I got They're those. They're so pretty and colorful. I got those, that entire set. Ten books, I think, right? Yeah, I think it's something like that. Those are 12. That entire set for eight dollars. I know, I'm so jealous. And it came with a box and everything. I'm like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to rob you. I think it's like 50-50, to be honest. Uh, The thing is, is that over fantasy. Yeah. Aside from the core, Thorn and Roses. um, I prefer like historical, not historical, because that's like an event. Um, but I prefer the period. period. Yeah, like a period. Like every single, I guess, 
period romance that I've come across, I've been like, you know, do I really need it? And then I blacked out and I got home and I had like four of them. I'm just kidding. But that is how my book shopping experiences tend to go. Actually, I've worked online, online, whenever I order books online I'm like oh yeah this looks good yeah yeah and then yeah well that's just it they put all these well if you like Amazon you know I would like that exactly it's like stop recommending things (laughs) yeah 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 anyway obviously we have some big TBR piles you know so Uh, the point is I think I think you know we just like I think we just like the romance and I think you know I do. I mean, I just showed you a book today that is obviously incredibly fantastical, but I'm like, yeah. listen to this romance idea, though, because it's not amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. We should probably not get into our TBR pile. Yeah, cause... for sure. Oh, okay. God. <laughs> There's no time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, um, I, don't, I don't know. Like, where were we even going with like I'm so populated um you know um anyways yeah okay so (laughs) when authors create contemporary fiction um there's generally a focus on making everything as realistic as possible um and and that means like avoiding exaggeration mm-hmm. and you know even including those things that might not be convenient or you know satisfy the audience um and readers who choose contemporary fiction novels are choosing it for the realism that's something that a lot of people forget it mm-hmm. you know yeah. um when the novel starts to drift too far into like unlikely scenarios or or whatever it can actually turn off your target audience so the key here is to stay real and yes you know we always say a little bit hollywood magic as we call it you know here and there is okay it is your world it's your novel whatever you really need to use it sparingly and be strategic about its placement in this genre especially Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I will say, like, as a contemporary writer, I'm writing mm-hmm. currently. I'm working on a contemporary novel. I don't know when it's going to come out, but um, anyway, one of the things I did is I created a fake town, but mm-hmm. I have definitely based it in like, I guess, real Reality, small town yeah. vibes. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I gave it a real small town feel yeah. and a real small town feel in the area that I'm trying to. Put it in kind of thing well so. I did that with winter haven and yeah. uh, the holiday affair I mean yeah it's like it's okay to create little things that aren't yeah. real um like the name of the town that I create is called tuck sands and mm-hmm. like it's not a real place yeah <laughs> I made it up but I just you know I wanted to have like fun with it I placed it somewhere where there are cities around it that people know yeah um, but because of those details it's kind of like you know going back to Suki Stackhouse uh Bon Tom is actually not a town no but it feels like it is and you go looking for it on your Louisiana map there because yeah you know you think oh hey that that fits into this world so real so it's okay to do like those things. And but- that's what we mean by like Hollywood magic. Like it's okay yeah. to create little Hollywood magic things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, funny, funny story about the Sticky Stackhouse. I thought because Bon Tomp wasn't real, I didn't think anything else was real. So when they were talking about Shreveport, I was oh, like, no. I was like, what kind of place is Shreveport? 
<laughs> Did you go to Fantasia? <laughs> Fantasia? Oh, I said Fantasia, but it's obviously Fang. It like, is. It's Fang, like a like a. Yeah, fang. like the teeth. Yeah, I okay. <laughs> like how we're both using our fingers to like show Fang. Oh gosh. I'm glad that no one sees actual video footage of us. Unrelated. Hey Elle, can you say the word enchilada? No. <laughs> okay. I'm just gonna move on here. You know. I, it's not I, wrong. It's just different. It's fine. Anyways, I was we kind of talked about already, like books like Pride and Prejudice, Emma, Wuthering Heist. Yes, of the Dubavilles. They're actually considered contemporary fiction. I mean, now they're period pieces, but like you could still find them in like fiction in some stores. They have them actually in the fiction section. Yeah, they are where I'm at. They're Um, in the fiction section. And I'm always like, shouldn't it just be in the romance you know and I think I think it's so interesting because I'm like huh I wonder um you know 100 years from now when people look back at my novels are they gonna be considered period pieces (laughs) yeah yeah oh my gosh but you know I feel like I hope people view a lot of our contemporary fiction the way you know we view Jane Austen and and all these other authors like you know Mary Shelley and whatnot um because contemporary fiction actually tackles a lot of issues like racism and poverty addiction sexism and like all these things and Mm -hmm. it's actually like for me personally I find it interesting looking at them through the scope of you know even books like Pride and Prejudice Mm -hmm. where you can see I love that book um you know where you can see the you know like how different it was the to be a class woman. disparity yeah introducing himself yeah yeah like and, and there is like some sexism and stuff amongst other things but like it's so interesting to see like how far we've come from that time to now yeah. when that was considered a contemporary piece with real contemporary issues yeah. anyway yeah that's my spiel there but you know, at the end of the day, blah, 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 too long to read. Stories are just great entertainment, you know, um, but they're also a great way to educate in a less direct, in-your-face kind of matter, right? Sum it up, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I try. I mean, sometimes <laughs> sometimes fan of contem- fans of contemporary fiction actually have a specific dislike for genre fiction Mm -hmm. um even though genre fiction can do all the same things you can definitely use them to educate Lord of the Rings is a great example of that um but some of these people find it easier to identify with stories that seem more realistic and you know and some people also just don't like predictability or formulaic plots that come sometimes in genre fiction cough cough Mm -hmm. us romance writers (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, did you just use Lord of the Rings as an example? Of a yeah, of a genre of a genre uh fiction novel that tackles a lot of real world issues. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were like using it as contemporary. Like, no, 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 no. no like Pride and Prejudice, yeah. The Lord of the Rings negative. Yeah, That's no. no. That is not a con- I was just using it like saying that other genre like genre yeah. fiction tackle yeah, like yeah. the same things. Yeah. yeah. You know, of course, on the other hand, or on the other end of that spectrum you know um many many fans of the entertainment oriented genre stories you know have no interest in reading contemporary fiction under any circumstances Mm -hmm. it's so true 
Yeah. And some people may find, you know, the general dependence on absolute realism to be too restrictive and others are just, (laughs) just disinterested in any kind of fiction that doesn't have that ability to just escape. Mm -hmm. I mean, the real world is, is tough, but I mean, yeah, I, a lot of people read to escape it. So, I mean, it makes sense. Um, Anyway, um, I think that's a great breakdown of what contemporary fiction is at its core, as well as yeah. some very unneeded banter. <laughs> Was it unneeded? Maybe not. Let's break for commercial. And then when we come back, we can talk about how to actually write the contemporary piece. All right. Sounds good. Hey, Meg. Hey, L. Remember when we said we wanted to start a podcast, but didn't know where to start? Yep. And then we heard about Anchor, you know, the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. I sure do. And it's been great. We can record, upload, and even schedule the days our podcast releases. Everyone should check it out. Easy podcasting, free hosting, join the growing number of podcasters who are using Anchor worldwide today. And we're back. Before the break, we talked about what contemporary fiction is. And now we get to discuss how to write it. Okay, so I know we're both more genre fiction than, you know, just plain old contemporary fiction. I anchor my stories in contemporary times, but I write very formulaically. Mm -hmm. You wrote The Holiday Fair, which is a contemporary piece. What did you do to keep the contemporary alive while being in a, you know, made up town? Um. So kind of on the spot there, LGs. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> I guess I relied on the like minute details. So like, there's a, like coffee. They get coffee all the time, and they're talking mm-hmm. about caramel macchiatos, you know. And like, yeah. I don't have to drop the business name, you know, no, for copyright yeah. purposes. <laughs> um, with you know, without implying what it is. And that gives people like a reminder of, hey, we're in this world. Um, yeah. Not only that, um, but I, I created like Cal, he's, you know, this pop sensation or whatever, um, but he was mm-hmm. part of a boy band and boy bands are real. And especially yeah. in my target audience, which is millennial, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the boy bands of our yeah, you know, like we grew up with the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and and whatever, and like my first love was Brian Littrell. I'm just kidding, (laughs) and you know, well, in it kind of, I don't know. I I guess I relied on like the nostalgia there, you know, and like the because there's a point where she says, you know, Hal Parker is writing me or or singing to me playing the guitar and singing to me right now this is my middle school dream you know so I just like leaned into like the the little details I think that's, yeah that's how I stay rooted yeah I mean I think that's the key too I've obviously we talked about it before the break that I created a fake town as well and I think that's the thing is that you but just not only that but you did the art gallery and for the love of art and the dentist oh yeah that is a fake Florida. art gallery <laughs> <Not> real mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's true it is. It's like, it's also just a lot of little research. I think, you know, it's just, it's like understanding the area that you're writing in. Yeah. Like I wrote New York and I made a fake gallery. So I tried to surround it in an area yeah. where, you know, it would be likely that it would be, I, you know, tried to well, make it a busy place. And, you know, I do have other contemporary work, but, um, 
this is more fantasy. Uh, but Once Upon a Night, that is set oh, yeah. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a contemporary setting in that, you know, like it kind of guys is a time travel book. Anyway, so well, it's like a time and space travel book. Anyway, um I I have been to that convention center because you know I go to conventions. And so I relied on that, you know, where is this and where is that? So anyone who has been to, you know, this this airport and this whatever, they know what they're looking at, you know. Photos really help too, yes. right? Like looking at pictures of an area that you're trying to write about helps a lot. Google Earth. I use that a lot. Yeah. Like yeah. the Miranda writes also a fantasy. I'm a fantasy writer, guys. But the Miranda writes yeah. is actually um set in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Memphis, I don't live there. Uh, I did get that question the other day, uh, which mm-hmm. I found very flattering, <laughs> you know, because I don't live there. Um, but I wrote it. Um, I've traveled there, I vacationed there, you know, my favorite city, but uh Google Earth and visiting it and talking to actual you know, residents and stuff. There's like a lot of just being there and having the physical thing that you can look at, you know, whether it's YouTube or Instagram. I mean, you can type in the hashtag Memphis, Tennessee, and thousands of pictures are going to come up and you can take ideas and inspiration from people's posts to, you know. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I mean, That's yeah. what I would say. It's just, just write what you know, and then research what you don't <laughs> yeah well and- I mean a lot of of Texans for me I grew up mm-hmm. in a small town it's not such a small town anymore but yeah. I tried to give it that same small town vibe that I knew uh growing up mm-hmm. into Texans into the small town you know the small place anyway yeah so yeah, yeah, you yeah. know I feel like it's pretty obvious based on our experience that writing contemporary fiction isn't much different you know than any other you know, genre literature. It's just that, you know, like all the same elements are there, you know, researching all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just that you want to keep it grounded in society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Accurate or convincingly accurate, (laughs) you know? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So the plotting structure, right? It's the typical pyramid. You've got the introduction, the rising action, climax, falling action and then the conclusion you know um contemporary fiction contemporary novels there are 75 to a thousand words in uh, a th- uh sorry a hundred thousand words in length you know um so you need to make sure that your idea is going to produce enough content to meet that number that's a pretty hefty novel that's really yeah that's yeah. really high you think that's <laughs> you know well fifty thousand is the definition average. of a novel that's why yeah. NaNoWriMo is fifty thousand words guys and uh, an average romance is typically around like 50 to 70k so right you know a contemporary is you know 75 to 100 thousand so you really you need an idea there you need to think about what's going to happen in it you need the content and if you're anything like Al and I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> ideas and art the problem. You probably have a million ideas. Oh my uh, that gosh, you we're just write. talking about this today. <laughs> um, but the best way to actually fill your book with that content is to write what's inspiring you and to really spend the effort to plot it. You know, it's 
yeah. And I mean, it's true. Like there's definitely a big difference in the number of words I get onto my document when I'm feeling passionate about a story or just having a day where I'm like, yes, like this is what I want to write versus, you know, an idea that I'm just kind of like meh about in the moment or, you know, like, yeah, I like the idea, but it's just not where my inspiration is. There's, there's definitely a difference. Yeah. And for me, I, I tend to write faster when I have an idea of where I'm going, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the next thing, if you haven't done this already, you know, you got to figure out, are you a plotter, a planster or a panster? Mm -hmm. Uh, We we talked about this in, um, what? Plotting. Two episodes ago. Yeah. Two or three episodes ago, you know, our plotting episode. Um, but real quick, a plotter, obviously someone who spends a lot of time rigidly plotting out what they're going to do. Panster, someone who flies by the seat of their pants. And then a planster is the person in between, you know. Um, yeah. Just remember, there is no correct way to approach the writing process. You know, you just need to find your way. And mm-hmm. defining yourself um, and in that is going to help you a lot. So, yeah. And again, I feel like I'm, I'm saying too long, didn't read. The point is <laughs> when, you know, which one you are is going to be so helpful in overcoming any obstacles that you're going to encounter. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that you create an unforgettable main character. Your yeah, main character true. is what gives your story life or main characters if you have more than one. In a contemporary novel, you have a you are, of course, going to want to keep the experiences um, in your main character's arc realistic. Mm-hmm. By the end of the novel, we should see the characters different, uh, for better or worse, stronger or weaker. Mm-hmm. In most novels, we tend to see the more heroic qualities around the climax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And guys, remember, humans, um, they relate to flaws. So make sure that you're giving your character some. Those heroic traits are great, you know, but you really need to make your character multifaceted and realistic and you need flaws. And sometimes a writer wants to create like this perfect lead for their story, but perfection is not relatable. Growth is relatable. Mm-hmm. And you also need to apply that to your antagonist. You know, your antagonist needs to be every bit of formidable and compelling as your hero, you know. Um, And then again, in contemporary fiction, you know, it's about having them be bad, but in a real way, you know. Um, Sometimes the villain comes from within and it isn't human. In contemporary, you kind of have that, I don't want to say metaphysical aspect there, but but yeah, I mean, you have the option to make the villain something else you know like a theme of the book an internal thing or whatever because yeah. you're not relying on the the big bad mad scientist thing that you would in yeah. like a fantasy <laughs> right you know when i was a teen i actually read a book about an addict and i wish i could remember the name of the book or the author but you know without aging myself it's just been a while okay uh, anyway basically the author did an amazing job of making the addiction very human And it was obviously the villain of the story. And because the author gave it such a human personality, it really amplified the reading experience. Um, And that's just something I've seen in contemporary work where the villain isn't like, say, Joe Blow, the next door neighbor. 
Um, but some force that ends up being personified, you know, overall the conflict, um, you know, the conflict is always believable through the story that the, well, I mean, look at Pride and Prejudice, you know, Mm -hmm. that is contemporary for its time. And the conflict there was, oh, hey, Pride and Prejudice, you know, like it was, (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't a physical entity unless you're going to, you know, consider Miss Bingham, I guess, you know, but (laughs) but (laughs) listen, was she really a villain? No, she was just living in the times and the prejudice back then was influenced Mm -hmm. by her. See, see what I did there? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I like Some, it. <laughs> something else to keep in mind is that a good contemporary fiction will have these like mini crises along the way. And that helps build your tension. You know, the long rising action on that pyramid should just be full of these peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're going to say it do your research. We talked about it in our own world building and the mm-hmm. contemporary area character Um, building plot yeah Yeah. you gotta do your research to create a realistic novel whatever subject you're looking to touch on you need to know it well if you don't research enough you can actually alienate a certain group of readers so make sure that if you're going to use the hollywood magic that we talked about it's done in the right way a little is fine too much is not good yeah i mean seriously if you're going to write a book like say about firefighters or whatever there are going to be people who are fire wives or fire friends or fire men and women themselves fire, yeah 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 they're going to read it and they're going to be like that is wrong that is not what that word means and they're going to shut mm-hmm. you up. you know so research yeah. is, is key um finally you need to engage the theater of your reader's mind i had to bring back that quote <laughs> we use that in our first run of the of the show you know <laughs> It's so dramatic. I mean, you know, I I also like it because, like, honestly, don't Mm -hmm. moviegoers often say that they liked the book better? Uh uh Uh-huh. Yep. And the reason is obvious, you know. Um, Even with all the high-tech CGI that Hollywood has, you know, it just can't compete with the theater of a reader's mind. We're talking about the imagination. Uh, (laughs) You know. Um, but the images that our mind's eye evokes are far more just out there and dramatic than anything that Hollywood can produce. And your job as a writer is not to make readers imagine things as you see them, but to trigger the theaters of their mind. I'm loving all this dramatic way they're saying Yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. But you just want to give them enough to engage, you know, their brain and their mental projectors and whatever you know that's where the magic is going to happen yeah it's so true I feel I I really do feel like when I see things on the screen versus how I imagine them in my head book was always so much better and it's because my mind is a good you know theater anyway overall we are as ever your biggest cheerleaders and want to say that you can do it contemporary fiction can be daunting because you're writing something based in reality Um, and especially if it's not your lived experience, it can be really scary. Yeah. Just remember that there are always great resources out there and, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. 
people want to be represented in a real way. And they are more than happy to help make sure that that happens. So go and ask the nurse the question that you have. Mm. They're going to look at you funny, maybe, but you'll get your answer. (laughs) Anyway, I think that'll do for this episode. That'll do, pig. That'll That'll do. do. I did say that'll do. (laughs) That'll do. (laughs) Why are we doing it like that's not British? Oh, man. It's not. I never. Not, and we figured this out last season, and yet here we are. I know. Just part of us now. God. All right. All right. Well, thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave a comment. It really helps us out. As a reminder, I'm Elle. You can find all of my work uh, on Wattpad at L Meredith Writes, all one word. The best place to connect with me is on Instagram, where you can follow me at lmeredith.writes. Uh, in my bio, there is a link that will lead you to everything, my writing, my TikTok, our Discord, anything to do with me. It's there. So give me a follow. Yep. And if she is L, that makes me Meg. My work is also on Wattpad. I'm under Megan Alexandria, all one word. And I'm also most active on Instagram at author Megan Alexandria. Now I am on TikTok at author <laughs> Megan Alexandria. And you can find the link in my bio that is going to take you to my library and all the social media sites I'm on and our Discord and whatever's clever. So join (laughs) us next week where we will be talking about women in fiction. Mm -hmm. We will have a guest host, DM Sontag. Same time, same place. We want to see you there. So you.